Hey there, listeners. It's good to be back talking with you. I took an uh, unexpected long break, but I'm here on this snowy day. It's it's pretty beautiful outside uh, on the mic with you, so I'm, I'm happy that you joined me today. My unintended long break was due to something sad in the family. We lost a companion animal, Archie, and I want to tell you about him today, and I want to talk about it. And I know that it's not a an energizing topic or a fun topic, but it is a a really important topic because this is the first time we ever lost a companion animal with kids in the picture. So this is the first time since we've been a family with children to have lost a companion animal. And it was a really profound experience for all of us. And I want to share that because it happens and it's part of our family lives. And I learned quite a few things that I think could be beneficial to other families and other people and other kids as, um, as we all have to go through that heartbreaking part of the relationship we have with our wonderful companions. So I didn't release an episode right around the new year because it didn't seem like a great New Year's topic. And frankly, it was so profound that I couldn't talk about anything else. This is what was happening to me. And I decided that an episode about something that really struck my heart and affected my life so deeply was the next thing I had to talk about. And the fact that I have resources to share with you all is important. You know, we should talk about not just the great things, but the hard things too. So anyway, that's our topic today is how to handle as a family with children when a companion animal dies. I'm avoiding the euphemisms like passing away um, or being put to sleep because I was told to by every single psychologist and vet that we talked to. So I'm going to get to really important specifics like that and why they're important with children. But I I also want to tell you that you're going to hear from my eight-year-old what he thinks and how he dealt with it. So he's going to speak from his heart and his experience too. I'll tell you what my four-year-old did because I don't think he'd understand being interviewed about it. And I'll also tell you a little bit about what my husband's experience was and how my other dog has been experiencing it. So lots to cover today, but really it'll go quickly. Um, If any of you have recently lost a companion animal, I just want to tell you with all my heart that I am so, so sorry. I am with you. I have been through it. And I am going to get through this, I think, without crying because I've, I've done my crying and I feel ready to tell this story. But if you're crying while you listen, you just go right ahead because I've cried so much and I understand. You know, I understand. And for those of you who have not lost dogs but have lost a different sort of animal, I feel for you especially because I feel like people understand dogs pretty universally, you know. People have a heart for dogs, especially, and it's everybody seems to have a heart for dogs. Sometimes when you get to cats, people, you know, are like, oh, I'm not a cat person or, oh, cats are whatever. Like people don't have as high of an opinion about them. So it's more important to seek out people who understand you and your cat and the relationship you had. And I had four rabbits, too, and they're all gone after living nice long lives before I had children. But if you lost a companion animal that's very untraditional, like a rabbit um, or or any other companion animal that's not real common, find the people who get it. Because 
there were plenty of people who didn't understand why I was so upset that my rabbits died when they when they did. But it seems like everybody understood when my dog died. So that's been some extra support for me. But if you're one of the people who is having a harder time finding that support, I'm going to tell you a few ways to get it. So let's get down to it. You know, um, I want to tell you a little bit about Archie before we move on to what happened. Um, Archie was a pit mix. He was an American Staffordshire pit mix. Everybody thought he had some boxer in him because he had the brindle and a little bit of white on his chest, but his face was definitely pity. And he was a total goofball. And I said I wasn't going to cry, but I'm not so sure now. But anyway, Archie was a total goofy dog, but just infinitely loving. Um, just a, a wonderful guy, real passive too, like just showed everybody his belly. He didn't have a dominant bone in his body. And he just had a bad habit of eating everything. And we tried to keep him out of stuff, but he did eventually eat a combination that sent him into surgery for a bowel obstruction. And he just didn't recover. And I'll talk a little bit about that as well. And I'll probably stop short of every detail because that just might be too hard to listen to. But if you have questions or if you have, you know, things you want to talk about, just reach out. I'm at uh, veganfam in Cowtown at gmail.com. And I also have, a, we have a Facebook page, Vegan Fam in Cowtown. Um, perhaps you have a kid who's close to my kid's age and your kid wants to talk to another kid, you know, that might be helpful. And my kid's usually pretty great with that stuff. So just contact me anywhere, um, email, social media, whatever works for you. So Archie didn't make it more than two days past surgery. He swelled up, he um, had infections, and it would have required more surgeries to fix, and those surgeries would have been painful and frankly expensive, and the chances they gave him of survival were not good. So he also had a complicating factor of having Addison's disease. So his Addison's may have played uh, a part. We're not really sure, but he was at our vet. He was recovering okay and then not so great. And then we had to emergency rush him over to MedVet, which is what it's our emergency vet's called. We also have the Ohio State University Vet Clinic, which I really like too, but we just ended up at MedVet because it's closer and uh, I don't know, it's just where we ended up in that crazy time of decisions. I started by saying that I'm not going to say he was put to sleep or he was, um, or he passed away. The advice I got from child psychologists and the literature I read, and I'm going to give you specific recommendations for all of that, is that you can't say put to sleep to children, especially children under five. They might be afraid to go to sleep. They might think that they're going to go to sleep and not wake up. So that's, that's tough. We had to say Archie is dying. Archie is going to die. This was extra tough because my eight-year-old's like, we have to go kill Archie. And usually we say we're going to go put an animal to sleep. And kids will use some really harsh dialogue that punches you in the gut, but that's just how they're trying to work it out. You know, they're, they're not trying to be sensitive to you. They're, they're trying to figure out how to think about it. And that's where we come into play as parents or guardians or 
special people in kids' lives to try to help them sort it out. So we went with the word euthanized, which is the recommended word, even though it's a pretty big word for small kids. Um, I'm not sure my four-year-old could say it. I know my eight-year-old could say it and does understand it now. But we had to say we're going to euthanize Archie. We had a couple hours to come home, get the kids and the other dog, Scout, and we all went back and said our final goodbyes. And uh, okay, so we consulted our neighbor. We were very lucky that our neighbor is a child psychologist. Um, And the number one piece of advice was just that language. Use the word euthanize. Don't say put to sleep. And even passing away is apparently a little abstract for kids. So euthanizing Archie and the fact that he's dead is what we had to say. And I don't mean to sound harsh. I like the euphemisms. It feels better for me. But when talking to the kids, it's vitally important to use clear and concise language that doesn't resemble sleep or anything like that because they might then be afraid. So number one, language, be upfront and that sort of thing. And if you feel like you can't, enlist help because I had my husband with me. And if you have a partner of any sort with you, it's going to help so much because I was super emotional at many, many times and I wasn't super articulate through it all. So find somebody you can trust to do this with you and with the kids. If you don't have uh, a spouse or a live-in partner, get some reinforcements from somebody you do trust. And oftentimes there is a social worker at the vet or, um, or somebody who can be provided. So through the Ohio State uh, Veterinary Medicine Center, they have social workers. So ask. I know a lot of smaller places might not have that service, but go ahead and ask because it's super helpful to have more support in these really hard times. Okay, so clear language. Find somebody else to do it with you if there's not a natural second adult there. Third, let your children see your emotions and let them go through the process with you as much as possible. You don't want to surprise, you don't want to pretend that nothing's wrong and then surprise them with the fact that we have to euthanize. So I didn't go through every veterinary detail with my kids. No, they didn't need to know everything in every step, but they did know that Archie was in the hospital. Archie's sick. And at the very end, we we all went to visit and they could see that Archie was not himself, that he was very swollen, very um, out of it. So they knew that Archie was having surgery, that Archie was in the hospital, that Archie wasn't doing well. And then they got to see him and kind of see for themselves that he wasn't doing well. If you skip those steps, it's a shock when you get to explaining euthanasia And I had the experience with my older son when he was younger of thinking I was doing the right thing by excluding him from a grief experience in our family. And he caught on right away that he should have known the whole time. And and I felt bad I was trying to protect him, but it doesn't protect them to leave them out of parts of the process. So as much as you can make them a part of the whole process, including the very end, the better. So one... Get your language straight. Use the word euthanize. And and your pet is dead. Two, get support 
you know, maybe even if you do have a spouse involved, you still need that social worker and you still need more support or you need your best friend, whatever it is, get support. And, and, and three, let your kids be a part of the process as much as possible, the whole process. Obviously, if something gruesome is going on, you can, you can skip a part of the process, but, um, like, like the visiting, if there's something that the kids shouldn't see, um, then perhaps that. Now I'm getting to the point where I talk about the very, very end when we have determined with the vet that it is time for Archie to go. And that was my husband and I in a room with the vet crying it out and talking it out. Sometimes you get more time than we did to go through it. And there's a lot of great resources that I'm going to post on my Facebook page Um, like the one I'm looking at now called How Will I Know? Assessing Quality of Life and Making Difficult Decisions for Your Pet. And again, most vet offices will have this information for you right there in handy. But if not, go search for it or find your local larger veterinary complex like I have Ohio State here because they, um, they have it all online. So even if you don't live anywhere near a certain place, you can have, you can be instantly linked to important resources that can help you make the decision. In our case, the decision became clearer and clearer. So we came home to get the kids. Uh, I forget who was watching them, but we came home to get the kids and talk to them about what we had to go back and do. And my eight-year-old reacted fiercely and strongly right up front. He cried it out. He cried out Archie's name. It was absolutely heartbreaking. My husband and I cried with him and I, I just held him and we both cried. And I think that's from what I hear from my um, psychologist neighbor and all the literature I've read, that was a good thing that we showed him that it is sad and that you should be sad and that it's okay to be sad. And my four-year-old didn't understand, and that's perfectly normal for his age group, but he understood that we were all sad about Archie. So that's what he took away from it. And it was nice to have my husband as the other person to kind of go back and forth because we had two kids at two different stages of understanding and experiencing grief. And my four-year-old really took much, much longer to, to understand and therefore experience the grief. Um, So my eight-year-old will be on um, in a minute talking about his thoughts and his feelings about the the whole process and the whole situation. My four-year-old, I will tell you how he's doing. Um, He is coming up to me and my husband and really anybody who's around and says, Archie's dead, really matter-of-factly. And my friends are like, oh my God, I hope he's not doing that to you. And I'm like, well, he is. And while it's sad for me, it's just part of what he needs to do uh, to figure this out and to cope with it. And just yesterday, he said to me, Mommy, you know, we were sitting looking at the snow out the window together. And he said, Mommy, is it okay to still love Archie? And I said, oh, I hope so, because I still love him so much. And he said, good, I love him too. And I tried to explain to him all the lovely gifts that Archie gave our family 
and why, of course, he can love Archie forever and that Archie will love us forever because his love was that big for us. And, oh, well, there go the tears on my end. <laughs> um, I thought they were all cried out, but I think that's a myth. I don't think they ever will be. So that's my four-year-old. He's just kind of day by day, less frequently now than when it first happened right before Christmas. Um, he is just talking about it and he'll make very matter of fact statements and he'll ask questions. And yesterday's question was actually really beautiful. Um, and I was very glad to answer it. And honestly, it sets the stage for my kids on how to handle loss going forward. I wish I could say we're not going to experience more loss, but we all know that's part of life. And unfortunately, in our household, it looks like we might be losing our other dog too soon. Um, and she was the one we were prepared to lose because of her heart disease, which, coming to my next point, library books. So when you have time to prepare, which we have had time for Scout, we didn't have time with Archie, but you know, I guess I was going to say, luckily, we read some of the books because we thought Scout was going faster than she was. There are, go to your children's section of your nearest library and ask the librarians. They are so wonderful and so helpful. With this being such a tough, tough topic, for you, it's nice to lighten your load and ask a librarian to do it for you. And they are honestly happy to do it. And the good news about asking your local librarian is that you don't get attached to books that your library doesn't have. You can just take what is there and start sorting through it and then read with your children. There are a lot of beautiful books about loss and loss of a companion animal. And um, if you do get attached to a certain book that you find online, you can always order it and pay for it on Amazon if that's what you want to do. And again, if you have a social worker locally through one of your vet offices, use that person and they might actually have the books so that you don't have to buy them or you don't have to search them out at all because it's definitely a stressful time for the family. Speaking of the family, there's one person I haven't talked about or <laughs> I call her a person. Dogs are people. They're great people. Scout. We have a remaining dog. So Archie was 10 when he passed away and Scout is also 10. And we've had the dogs uh, longer than we've had the children. So Scout came with us too when we went back to the vet. So we didn't just come back and prepare the kids. We came back and we took the kids and we took Scout. So we were fortunate enough that this vet hospital where we had Archie, uh, they have a nice room with chairs and space for people to say goodbye to uh, their pets because we can't do it at home. It was not a situation we could do at home given Archie's condition. So we took Scout with us and we took the kids with us and we went into the room and they brought Archie in and he was covered up with a blanket um, so that a lot of his IV lines and medical things were covered up. And I think that was a real comfort to the kids. Sam my little kid, my four-year-old, just said, bye, Archie, and just kind of patted him on the head. And he had a tablet, like we brought their tablets, um, and he just sat right outside the door. So he didn't have a lot to say. Scout was in the room the whole time. 
I was in the room the whole time. My husband was in the room the whole time. My eight-year-old said a lot of heartfelt goodbyes to Archie. You know, and Archie was comfortably laying there. We had brought a blanket from home that smelled like home, and we had put it right by his face, and we snuggled on the floor with Archie. And my eight-year-old was telling him what a good dog he'd been and going over memories that they had together. And even though the vet was going to send us paw prints, you know, like in little plaster uh, and on paper, we, we took our own at that point. It was approaching Christmas and we had a kit a friend had given us so that we could put Archie's paw print on our Christmas tree. So we took care of that. And then my eight-year-old, even though I explained it's a very peaceful process and how it all works and that it wasn't going to hurt Archie or look sad, uh, he still wanted to go outside for the very, very end. So he went right outside the door with his brother and he got his tablet. And it was just my husband and I left in there. And this is the part I'll have to cut short because it's emotional. But we were able to just be right in his face and right with him as he went. And I have to say it was beautiful in a way. Um, Just even though it was horrendously sad. uh, And I'm sorry if I'm making you cry. (laughs) I'm crying. And we, we took our dog, Scout, and my husband and I got the kids and, and left. And that was, that was so weird for me uh, to leave my dog for the last time. <sighs> but we tried to model a grieving process for the children. And, you know, I kind of envy kids. They get a more pure experience at least their first time through grief. And I feel like us as grownups carried around all of our previous grief experiences into this one. So it's been hard. It's been almost two months um, since we lost him. And I feel like I'm just able to really talk about it, really get back on the podcast, start my exercise routine again, and really get back into life. So Be easy on yourself. Give yourself space and time to grieve. If you're lucky enough to have people who can babysit your kids, it's kind of nice because your patience might be a little thin. You might be extra tired for a while. And, um, you know, the kids seem to recover pretty well and pretty quickly and they have their energy back. But the adults, I don't know. It it took us a bit longer and it's still taking us some time. I'm here with both my kids. My little one decided to join us. We'll see what he has to add. But first, we're going to hear from Owen, and I'm going to ask him some questions. Are you ready for this, Owen? Yes. Okay. So, Owen, what do you remember most about that day that um, Archie died? Yes. um, Very sad. I didn't want to go into the room where it happened. I just took a few last clips of him. pictures walked out of the room we were sad for like like two more days uh, me and Sam were the first ones to get over it then de- th- but my mom and dad still haven't gotten over it completely neither have I I am eight years old it was a very hard time 
what made me feel better was we got lots of presents on Christmas and our neighbors were really caring. So we had lots of presents and like our neighbors were like being really nice. Everybody we know was being really nice to us. And what was the card that was attached to those presents? It looked like Santa has given a, we I believe Mom might have saw Santa in disguise, and he was really nice. The way we knew it was Santa, it was signed Santa, and it had the ho-ho-ho. Did anything else make you feel better? Anything else that happened in that time or around that time? My mom and my dad and my brother, they are really helpful. Do you remember anything specific that we did that was, like, help, more helpful? Not in particular, no, but I know they're very helpful. (laughs) Thank you. That's good. And it will be Sam's turn in just a second. But I want to ask you um, a couple last things. You know, one thing Daddy said to me is try to think of the good memories. You know, that's one way to help feel better is think of the good memories. What's your favorite Archie memory? Well, yes, I did think of those, but um, probably the time he ate something, I don't know. He eats so many things, I, I, it's hard to tell. You know what one of my favorite memories is? What? Him popping bubbles. Yes, yes, that was fun. <sighs> Do you have anything else you'd like to say before we talk to Sam? Nope. Thanks, Sam. So what do you remember most about Archie? Uh, his, his love and, uh, and his cuteness and, and his bubble popping. I remember all those things about him, too. Do you remember that day that he died? Uh, no. Okay, do you have anything to say about Archie dying? Uh, it was so sad, but we do love him. We do still love him because we can still love him after he's gone, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what helps you the most when you feel sad about Archie? Cuddling and hugs. Me too. Cuddling and hugs. Anything else you want to say about it, Sam? Yep. Uh, I like cuddling. Even Archie. Okay. Thanks so much. Those were my boys and what they had to say about it. And now I will cut back into what else we were talking about. I want to thank the people who sent questions. I hope I answered them. Really, um, I opened up. I was a little vulnerable and I put a picture of Archie up in my social media and said, hey, if any of you have, have questions about this process, let me know. And I took those questions to heart and I hope that you have Uh, heard and answer here if you're one of those people who so thoughtfully submitted a question. Thank you for tuning in today. Sorry it was a rougher topic. I do hope that what our family went through can help your family out. Please reach out if you have anything specific you want to talk about and just thanks for tuning in. (laughs) 